Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Doherty of A to Z Sports, and my co-host, as always, Sean Smith of A to Z Sports. This is episode 74 of On the Preds. We are ready to talk about the Nashville Predators. There's a lot to discuss because, uh, strangely, as you might you might be surprised to learn, the Preds are still in the playoff hunt, Sean. Wow, that's that's exciting news, Alex. I remember putting an article out. <laughs> Maybe over a month ago, saying that they were their playoff hopes were over. I so. remember doing a poll maybe like two weeks ago or a week ago or something asking if people thought that they had a chance to make the playoffs, and I think it was like 92% no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was uh, not a lot of confidence in the team, um, at the yeah. time, but I feel like and maybe the, and the odds are changed, the odds are still against them. I mean, like, let's be honest, it's still, still not great. What their playoff odds right now are 4.3. They've been hovering around four, four, five, six, seven percent for a while now. Yeah. So it's really, uh, it's really something. We'll just say that. I think, you know, it's, it's reached the stage where just by, you know, circumstance, a lot of their playoff hopes ride on the performance of other teams. And, and those two teams, of course, do we want to talk about which teams they are? Yeah. Talk about them. Well, you've got the Winnipeg Jets and you've got the Calgary Flames. I think uh, Seattle's probably got the first wild card spot locked up, but what you've got left is kind of a three-way horse race for the second and final wild card spot in the Western Conference. Of course, uh, right now Winnipeg's the favorite and uh, Calgary is is behind them, but the Predators trail even further behind. Like you said, about a four percent chance, and it just so happens. And I, I wrote about this today. Tonight, right now, as we record this, which when you're listening to it will probably be yesterday, last night, the Flames and the Jets are playing each other. And and the best possible outcome for the Predators, you know, playoff chances, which of course also benefits the Flames' chances, but what it really does is hurt Winnipeg's chances is for Calgary to win in regulation. Um, And strangely enough, the Predators will play both Calgary and Winnipeg again before the season is over. So really what it comes down to is who's going to win this game tonight and how are the Preds going to play against those two teams? Because mm. they need to win both of those to really make something happen. And the, and the Flames need to win tonight, last night, currently <laughs> in regulation. Yeah. If that really, if you really want the Preds to have a solid chance. Yeah. We're recording this on a Wednesday night. We normally record on Mondays, but the Predators played on Monday and Tuesday. So we're recording on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, um, the, the Flames and Jets are currently playing. It is 12. Should we, t- should we say this? 12 minutes left in the third period. And the Flames yep. have a 2-1 lead now. And, the and they're time, on the power play. By the time you listen to this, you will probably already know the results. So you get to follow along with this as we follow along with it. So the the entire the, the entire Pred season relies on the results from two prairie county prairie provinces up in Canada, the Alberta and Manitoba 
metropolises of Calgary and Winnipeg. It all comes what down a, to those two. What, what did you say? It's a prairie. What? Prairie province. Like it's I've never country never rural. It's oh, pickup okay. trucks, oil country. Is that, but that's not Colton Sisson's country. You said he was a, he was a pickup truck. Oh right? yeah. No, it's not. Colton, no, Colton says no, no, but that's more his just playing style. Okay. Colton, yeah. From, yeah. From old North Vancouver, man. Yes. North Vancouverites, they know, they know how to live in the city. They know how to okay. order a latte and to uh, go to, you know, get a membership at the gym and to, uh, <laughs> Well, if you're living in oil country, you don't need to get a membership to the gym because you're 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 doing manual labor outside. So I'm just saying. Like, yeah, you're right. That's there's nothing like a good Canadian stereotype to just really get the <laughs> get the podcast audience fired up. That's right. For the rest of the episode. Speaking of Canadians, we're going to talk about one of those today. There's a Uh-oh. certain Canadian on the team who is just absolutely on fire, and uh, we will we'll talk a lot about him. I'm sorry. No, wait. He's not Canadian. What am I talking about? He's from Minnesota. I, I'm so, my apologies. My apologies. Okay. I don't know. I was think. I think I was thinking of uh, of Cody Glass. <laughs> I mean, we'll probably talk about some Canadians Co- at some point. Yeah, yeah, we will. Co- Cody Glass is, is definitely a, a Canadian, but old Tommy Novak from St. Paul, Minnesota, the Twin Cities. Boy, is that kid on a roll? Um, You're not kidding. And I say kid. He is actually he's 25 now. He will be turning 26. Let me do some quick math here. In 23 days. Wow. Yeah. He's, his birthday is April 28th. The birthday or, countdown is on. Yeah. But he's still 25. And, and right before we started the show, I, I tweeted this out because I looked it up. So, Sean, if you're looking at some of the best performances by young players on the Preds team over history, in, in their history, so players 25 years or younger – Okay. Uh, not rookies necessarily, but but anyone twenty five years or younger. So like they're 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 coming up. You know, they're not established yet, but they're coming up. Right. Uh, there's a lot of those names you might expect to be on that list. I mean, obviously Philip Forsberg, sure. Maybe a Victor Arvidsson, maybe yeah. a Roman, maybe a Roman Yossi or an Alexander Radulov. Yeah, that, that other, sounds accurate. Ryan Johansson, he was he came over as a twenty four year old, I think. Okay. Um, Craig Smith, maybe he's on the list. Maybe, maybe Patrick Hornfist. Okay. Maybe a Scotty Hartnell. Well, I looked up the top three highest performing, and by and what I used for this was points per game. Okay. So pound for pound, who's putting up the most points based on how many games they're uh, compared to how many games they're playing? Highest points per game in Preds history for twenty five years and younger. Okay. Number three on the list. Okay. I mentioned him a second ago. It is Martin Erat. Wow. It's 2006-2007 season. He had um, 60, uh, no, 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 57 points in 68 games. Great season. That was his uh, kind of breakout year. Um, the second place, uh, sorry, I just lost my sheet here. Um, okay. The sec- second highest finish is Tommy Novak. He's not Finnish. He's not Finnish. He's Minnesotan. But he... um, Sorry, that was a bad joke. (laughs) He has 41 points in 46 games, so he's played fewer games than than Erat did. 
but you cannot deny that that is impressive. 0.89 points per game as a 25-year-old. And number one on the list, as you might have guessed, is Philip Forsberg. His 2017-2018 year, that was the President's Trophy uh, team where yeah. everyone was playing really, really well. Uh, Forsberg, the Jofa, that was peak Jofa years. It was like, you know, pretty much Johansson, Arbitson, and Forsberg every night. Yeah. So, so he had 64 points, 67 games. He did get injured. I think that was the year he got the wrist injury. And um, maybe a concussion too. I don't know, but he, he had he had some injuries that made him sit out. Was that the year he also got suspended for hitting <laughs> that uh, hit on VC? Jimmy VC. He might have been. Uh, maybe. I'm not maybe. sure. It was it was uh, it was a pretty intense year for old Phil Forsberg. I'll tell yeah. you that much. But there you go. So there's the th- the three highest performance years for 25 and under, and Tommy Novak is second, and uh, passing a lot of really good years by a lot of really good players. So. Um, he's just been on fire. And like last night in the game against Vegas, his first goal, I'm sure you saw it, Sean, was just was just perfect offensive attacking. I mean, first of all, great play by Luke Evangelista to get him the puck on the rush, and he yeah. collected it, corralled it. He goes in, and he has the perfect sense of when to make the move, what kind of spacing he has in the middle, where where the defenseman is playing, where the goalie is. Uh, what's the best kind of shot to put on this guy. And he just makes a perfect move to the middle and then moves to the backhand right over Jonathan Quick's glove hand. Perfect play. I'm going to be honest with you, Alex. I, I saw it and I wept. It was beautiful. <laughs> Sean was weeping for hours after that goal. Um, it was, I really was. It, it moved me in a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's funny. You, you just – we keep talking about when we talk about Tommy Novak, we, we're not just talking about, Oh God, this is going to sound terrible, but you know, Tanner Janot had a pretty good season last season too. Um, but you weren't talking yeah. about beautiful vision down the ice. You weren't talking about yeah. um, being, you know, aside from being in front of the net and being at the right place at the right time. Um, you weren't looking at this incredible offensive skill set that I think you're really seeing with Novak. Would you like? Um, would you like to know where Tanner Janot's season last year ranks on that list that I was talking about? Sure. It's not in the top ten. Okay, but it's in the top twenty. It's not in the top twenty. It's definitely in the top thirty. Not in the top thirty. Definitely in the top forty. It's not in the top forty. Top fifty. It's not in the top fifty. Okay, I can't count much higher by tens, Alex. You're just gonna 50 have to tell seconds. Me. Fifty seconds. <sighs> Now he's tied with a bunch of team with a bunch of players at 0.51 points per game. Look, it was a good year. I mean, he, it was really, really good year, but he's obviously used very differently. So, well, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying like for the sake of comparison, like these are similar players. What I mean though, yeah. is that if you're looking at someone who came onto the scene and had a breakout year, like the now most he does, recent, he also spent, he also spent like almost the most amount of time in uh, the penalty box of all those players. That's true. Where's, where's that stat, Alex? Uh, he where's ranked, your little, where, what can your numbers tell me there? Well, I mean, I don't know, but like if he'd, if he'd had half as much penalty time, he probably <laughs> he would have had a few more first. points. He probably would have. Well, well, what I'm saying is if he'd, if he'd had half as much penalty time, he would have been out on the ice more and probably could have scored. Well, more, so. you're, you're probably right. But I, the, all I'm really trying to say here is that this is a, you're looking at a different type of player. Um, you're looking at a different kind of breakout season. Yeah. I think, yeah, you yeah, know, for sure. Janot established himself as a, a physical force on the ice 
and one someone that was willing to get up in front of the net, get in the crease and really challenge the goalie uh, for a spot to, to you know, get deflections and things like that to, yeah. you know, take up the take away the goalie's eyes. You know, that's not what Novak's doing. Novak is is playing a highly skilled game. And that's that's what if you really want to look at long term benefit to the team and the sustainability, I think, you know, that's that's what you want to look at is, is whether or not this is is this because he's just in the right place at the right time? Or is this kind of because, holy crap, this guy really knows what he's doing and he's executing it very well at the highest level. And yeah. And, and the, the, the other thing to consider is um, that he's doing this with, I mean, there, there are, it's just so much roster turnover. I mean, like he, he's, he's still, he's basically the first line center. Him and Cody glass are kind of equal for, you know, they're kind of one, a one B right now. And, he is, I mean, the injuries are, are crazy. There's no Johansson, no Duchesne, no Forsberg on the forward end. And he's still putting it out. I mean, he's still every night contributing. He's like, uh, he's basically a main cog on the uh, power play now, which is you know interesting to think about considering that he wasn't even really a part of that unit at all. You know, it, most of the early part of the year and then also last year. So um, still don't know what happened to him last year. It was very bizarre what happened, but um, so Tommy Novak earns, I mean, I, I put this on Twitter. I, I mean, I wasn't really being serious. I think if you're, if you were to name an MVP of the, of the season, it's gotta be UC Soros. Oh yeah. But like of the skaters of the skaters, you could make an argument for Tommy Novak just considering the consistency of what he's been able to do. Roman Yossi obviously gets a huge portion of that vote, but the injury does cloud it a little bit because he's just not been there for the last, how many games he missed? 20 games? I don't know, you know what, what it is. But um, so there you go. Alex, Alex, I have an update. No, no, don't, don't update yet because I want to do that. Don't. I'm, I'm so looking exact. at it. I, I, I see the, I see the update. But. Before we update the folks on the score of the Calgary-Winnipeg game, which we've already discussed, is incredibly important, and everyone must must relax their tension from from un, from <laughs> not knowing what's going to happen with the Predators playoff. We've got to tell you about Relax the Back because if you want to live better, feel oh. better, and sleep better every day. You've got to check out Relax the Back. We've been talking about them all year. We've been talking about them for over a year now, actually. And uh, we really believe in their in their uh, their company because, first of all, you got quality customized comfort options for the office and for relaxing at home or for sleeping at night. So three places, the office, just relaxing in front of the television or for sleeping. They can take care of all of it. They have everything you need for that. Office chairs that are ergonomic, zero gravity chairs. You sit in these things. They will get your spine in the correct position so you can work better every day. But, of course, they also have your sleep options. Technogel mattresses, Temper Ergo smart base systems, wedge systems, posture pillows, all for getting you in the correct natural position for sleeping. Um, just like with the chairs, you lay in these beds, your, your back and your spine is going to be in the right position. You will not wake up with back pain. It's awesome. It's great. You got to check it out at the Relax the Back store in Green Hills. It's at 2020 Glen Echo Road. They know everything there is to know about relaxing your back. That's why they called the store that. Uh, go there. A sleep agent is on hand. He will talk to you. Talk to Glenn. He owns the store. 
And uh, he will tell you about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. Okay, hit us up with that score update, Sean. All um, right. Winnipeg and the Winnipeg Jets of, uh, of Canada and the Calgary Flames of Canada. So the two Prairie teams, is that right? Yeah. I learned something new today. And I want to point this out. Look, here's what I'm going to say. If, if Calgary wins in regulation, the Predators' playoff chances go up 5%. Wow. Is that true? Where'd you get it that is. from? I got it from Micah Blake McCurdy at Ineffective Math. Nice. Okay. Over cool. at HockeyViz.com. And listen, the Winnipeg Jets' chances drop like 16% if that happens. Now, of course, Calgary, they go up like 11%. Don't, don't catch me slipping here. That's it's definitely good for Calgary, too. But in this case, the best possible outcome for the Predators is for Calgary to win in regulation. And as it stands right now, as we're talking, we're recording this live. We're doing it live, Alex. The Flames have gone up three to one. Wow. And there are six minutes and nine seconds left in regulation. That's impressive. That is impressive. Wow. I can't believe it. Um, th- I-, I think there's a way for this to go badly, right? I mean, if, if the Winnipeg scores twice and go- it goes to overtime, that would be bad, right? Uh, well, overtime. I mean, let's be realistic. Over an overtime um, win for Calgary is really only beneficial to Calgary. Um, it, it hurts the, the Jets, but it doesn't change the Predators' outcome at all. They stay dead even, stuck around four percent like they have been the entire time. So um, that's that's kind of where you're standing at that. So uh, of course. If Winnipeg wins, that hurts the Preds. If they win in any fashion, it hurts the Preds. Actually, hurts the Preds more if Winnipeg wins in overtime or a shootout. Um, but the only way it benefits the Preds the most is if Calgary wins in regulation. And as as it stands right now, as we sit here live, it is three to one Calgary with five minutes and thirty nine seconds left. So making the playoffs. Um, I, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of people talking about this. I, okay. So I, I, at this point, you, you know, you deal with where you are, you, you got to look at where you actually are right now. You can't deal with where you could have been or where you were last week. I mean, where they are right now, there's no reason for them to not, not to make the playoffs because Correct. you are not going to get in a position to get any good draft pick. Really? I mean, like you might move up a spot or two, but like maybe you're not going to get into anything close to getting to the, to the top spot or even a top three spot. No. So why not make the playoffs? It's a totally different vibe around this team right now. And I don't just mean in the locker room, I'm talking about like everywhere and, and the, the, the entire perception of what this team really even is right now. It's totally yeah. different. You make this team, this team makes the playoffs and has to play. Let's, I don't think Colorado will be an option, but like, let's, let's say it was just like last year and they had to play Colorado again. And they, even, and if this team gets swept by Colorado, it's a yeah. much different uh, perception than if, sure, than the team that got swept last year, right? Right. Big time, big time difference. So, um, you got to view it like that. And, and also, like, I mean, what kind of boost would it give? 
these particular players who are working so hard to try to, to, to make it, you know, to, to actually make the playoffs. I think for a guy like Cody glass or for yeah. Luke evangelista or for Spencer Stastny sure. or, for, or for Jeremy Lozon, who also, by the way, is injured. Like, I mean, these are guys that like, they, these are young kids who just need to get as much exposure and, 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 and playing time in this, that playoff atmosphere as possible. I mean, I, I do think that they will be overmatched. No, I mean, they're obviously going to be overmatched no matter where they play. And then, you know, there's always a possibility of like, could certain players come back? Um, Roman Yossi, uh, Forsberg, who knows? Duchesne, probably not. Johansson, probably not. But yeah, so playoffs, why not? Just well, do it. I, I think, you know, for me, it's it's like you said. Yeah, I think... I think the prospect of the team as it existed prior to the trade deadline limping its way to the playoffs um, and and realistically making it in to get swept in the first round by whomever was a depressing thing to think about. It was just more of the same from a team that was unwilling to change mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form and just letting it ride on, on, a, uh, on a on an envelope full of hope and dream seeds that that just weren't going to grow the way you wanted them to. There was no magic beanstalk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you you go through this, this massive overhaul. And I say massive because you have a lot of well-loved longtime players traded away. You have the general manager announced that he's going to be retiring at the end of the season, appointing a new general manager and immediately um, the entire and to use the, the buzzword here, the entire vibe around the team, and again, not in the locker room, even though the locker room is quite different, um, it changes. Because now, like you said, this team fighting its way to the playoffs, which is what they're really doing, um, becomes kind of a rallying cry for, hey, this isn't going to be a situation where we're the team is, you know, bottom of the barrel next season and, and fighting it out for, you know, who's who's 30th as opposed to 31st in the standings right it's a team that has like you said a lot of young guys getting a lot of experience and that's crucial and critical experience to get at that age um you're seeing guys like cody glass and this this is dumb i know it's not the most important thing but you're seeing cody glass do things during warm-ups that matthias ekholm would do during warm-ups you know he's the guy that would go get all the pucks out of the net send them back down for the guys to restart and while that doesn't seem like a major thing, that was something that Matthias Ekholm always did. If you could count on Ekholm to do the same thing in every warm-up, that was it. You know, these are guys stepping into these leadership roles, whether they're wearing an A on their chest or not. They're doing I the things that. that leaders do. I love that you that, that it's very it, it is very uh, Sean to to be like uh, my, my that your focus is like. Who's the guy that's cleaning up the ice? <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell it's you. Just, it's very much a part of your brand. I love it. It's uh, you, you look for the things. It, it, it doesn't always matter who's scoring the big goals, Alex. It matters I, who's. No, I, uh, I know. It's who's funny. Steering. And it's true. It, it is. It is true. I I, ne- I would never have thought of that. But you're right. It, it, it's it's something to, something to think about. Um, Right now, I think that so if they were to finish at the wild card two spot, they would they would play Vegas, right? Yeah. Yes, as and it stands, they just, and they just beat them, right? Yeah, they did. 
They beat them last night. I don't know the season. What's the season record against Vegas? Probably not good, right? I think they lost at least one. Let's look it up real quick. Um, season record against Vegas. They have, uh, yeah, they're one, one and two against them. Okay. They lost four, five to four in overtime, and they lost five to one. That was the good night. That was right after coming back to the uh, what? What happened? Five to one. That was a rough one. That was right after. I think that was right after the All Star break, right? Uh, sure. When was the All Star break? Beginning of February. Yeah, that was the first game back. So, um, they played. You know, if they were to make the, if they were to make this this playoff, if they were to make the playoffs, uh, they would play Vegas. Uh, be a tough, tough matchup. I don't know anything about their injuries. They still have marks down. The the play the. The West is very weird right now because you had Dallas just running away with everything, and now Colorado could win the division again. Yeah, um, bizarre. In fact, they seem almost likely to do that. It seems like they're probably going to win the division. They have a game in hand, and they're tied in points. Schedule favors them probably. So yeah, and then like Minnesota's tied, but I, I guess Minnesota could do it too. Like it's all it's a three way race for the central title between Minnesota, Dallas, and Colorado. I mean, I would like to think Colorado could probably win that. I mean, they're, they're healthy and everything, but the what the, the Pacific seems a little less in question. But anyways, so Ooh, they're they're literally in a three way tie. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, pretty well. And they don't play tonight, so oh man, tomorrow uh, Vegas. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's real quick. Let's just look at the schedule for tomorrow in terms of so the Stars play the Flyers. That's good for them. The Avalanche play the Sharks. That's good for them. And the Wild play uh, the Penguins. They could probably win that one. Um, the Predators, of course, go tomorrow. Tomorrow, the Predators host the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes, that's correct. The not a good, <laughs> number not a one great, in the number one in the Metropolitan Division. Not a great team to face if you're trying to keep winning games. Carolina is always tough. I mean, that's going to be. A tough win. They're always tough, and and you know what's bad is even though they're currently leading the the Metropolitan Division, they're only three points ahead of New Jersey. So it's it's not like they are going to coast into that first spot there. So um, there's definitely skin in the game for them to Something win. To play for, yeah. So it's not like they're going to be taking the night off. Yeah. Well, there we have it. There are five games left in the Predator season, and uh, one of them is tomorrow against Carolina. They have to win every game. They cannot lose a game. I mean, they have they have to be what was it? Two games better than Winnipeg, or one game better than Winnipeg? I believe two games better than Winnipeg. And if you want an update on the Calgary game right now, I can give it to you. Final? Yeah, go, give it to us. It's not final. It's not final. There's a minute and fifty two seconds left in the third period. Flames still hold on. Three to one. So okay. I'm waiting to see Hellebuck come off the ice. Hasn't happened yet. But as soon as he does, then you'll know that it's uh, open season on that empty net. So so five games left in the Predator season, and uh, they have to win every one of them. Carolina, Winnipeg, Calgary, Minnesota, Colorado. Whew. Incredibly tough schedule. Oh so um, We will see what happens. Uh, in the meantime, you can check us out. Uh, check out all the things we're writing over at a to z sports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Follow Sean on Twitter at SCSNSH. And we will see everybody next week.